and certainly what I recommend to people entering into the process is that you know self-care um, because it's, it's not easy and you know the, the the body only knows so much stress we can cope with it. What makes an industry-leading lawyer choose family in the first place? Where do they see the legal profession heading? And what advice do they have for aspiring family lawyers? My name is Dwayne Cormell, founder of legal recruitment consultancy Realm Recruit and LegalJobCoach.com. And I'm Paula Pawłowska, a specialist recruiter of family and childcare lawyers. In this series of podcasts, we'll be chatting with prominent family lawyers about current trends, memorable clients, their lives away from work and all things family law. This is Refreshing Chats with Family Lawyers. We spoke with James Maguire for our fifth episode of Refreshing Chats. James founded boutique family law firm Maguire Family Law 10 years ago this year. We got James's opinion on how family law has changed in the year since and also chatted about his passion for photography. Let's start with something quite profound then. Mm -hmm. I think you'll know the first question. We'd like to know if you could pick to enact one new refreshing law James what would it be that's a very difficult question Duane because I suppose if it was that refreshing someone would have um, thought about something I have always got a few ideas what, what I've noticed a lot in you know the last I don't know 20 years but certainly the last five years is how sort of the access to justice has changed um, everything is grinding to a halt. The courts are quite slow, overloaded, morale's not good, etc. And you're almost, I'm seeing evolving in the last couple of years, almost two tiers. You've got you sort of general public going to court and they're having to wait and wait and wait and cases are adjourned and things are taking an enormous amount of time to be resolved and there's always the uncertainty and people need to get on with their lives. And I'm talking about litigation courts generally. Um, whereas there's always the, the advent of arbitration. And for those that can afford to pay for it, they can kind of sort of depart, have their arbitration, everything gets resolved much sooner. And you, you ended up with that two tiers. So to answer your question, I would be thinking that firms, you know, across the board will receive client money. And the client money on, in the bank account will generate interest now subject to the exact solicitor's accounts rules. Um, I know in California what they do is that all interest earned um, by lawyers effectively goes to law centres or their equivalent of law centres so they can provide and support um, free legal advice. I mean, we, we're allowed to do other things such as when clients... Um, don't actually claim monies under £500. They sometimes disappear and solicitors firms are allowed to give that money to charities, so access to justice being one. But I was just, my sort of new or or something slightly more refreshing or different would be just to take that to a different level because you can think of all the firms that there are in England and Wales (laughs) and the sizes of some of those firms and the transactions that they get involved in. Uh, and directly, indirectly, maybe benefiting from interest on those monies is that they can give that to a better cause rather than themselves. So, James, last time we met, we did a face-to-face video interview when we discussed why you set up a family law boutique in Cheshire. And so my question in your 10-year anniversary of Maguire Family Law operating is, 
What's your recipe for success? My goodness, the recipe for success. First thing that springs to mind, people. Um, certainly what, what I've learned, and 10 years ago, um, it was very, very small. 2020, of course, the landscape's a bit different, but we're more people. And I think if you surround yourself with uh, good people, then that certainly is the, the springboard to success. And that, um, first of all, does involve the team, uh, all of the team, the solicitors, the support staff, um, but equally, it's um, good accountants, um, financial advisors, bank, um, people like yourselves, recruiters. You've got to have sort of trusted advisors. Um, you know, and a lot of people become uh, friends. So, um, yeah, um, my what, what I've always aimed to do is to recruit like, like-minded people um, because I think that's very, very important, particularly in the modern uh, work environment where we're open plan. Um, so we've all, you spend more time with people in the office than anyone else probably. So it's very important that, you know, we all get on. We're all human beings. We're all different. Um, but that, that would be my number one thing to say in reply. And linking to that, what's your favourite part about managing the team? Um, the favourite part? I suppose it is seeing people develop. Um, a lot of the people at um, my firm, our firm, um, they've been really for a long time. Um, and actually from previous uh, firms where I've worked before, people have come across where they were trainees and now they're, I don't know, 11, 12 plus years qualified. So it's very, very you know good to see people development. I mean, I was a trainee supervisor back in the day when I was working in Manchester <coughs> And it's just nice to see, you know, the people are very bright and able um, and everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. And I think sometimes there is a focus to, uh, you know, always look at the, the negative of what are people's weaknesses. But again, my approach is to, to look at people's strengths um, and we've all got different qualities. I really like that. Um, and I suppose, you know, with, with managing your team and haven't done so for so many years, you do, you do see people develop and it, it must be really enjoyable to see that growth um, mm. from, from, you know, juniors, solicitors to, to, to partnership, for example. So if you were to give one piece of advice to a junior solicitor, a trainee, or even a paralegal that wants to go into family law and um, excel, what, what would your advice be for them? Never be frightened of asking a silly question. And I know that from bitter experience back in the day when I was newly qualified and I joined a firm and probably, dare I say, before the days of internet and things like that where you could Google something. And I, I took over a caseload and there was quite a discreet point about a nominal maintenance order. And believe it or not, I had no idea what that was it was just gobbledygook to me and I was just too frightened to ask anyone because I thought they'd think I was stupid or I wasn't up to the job and that file no one was pressing for it the, the clients had gone to sleep and it used to sit on the floor and every morning I used to go in and worry about it um, until I actually grasped the nettle and resolved it and it took something like five ten minutes to do what I needed to do and I thought that was sort of weeks or months of unnecessary worry just because I was worried about my own perception that I would be silly so never ask a, never be frightened of asking a silly question we've all been there 
Absolutely. <laughs> Why did you choose family law in the first place? Were you in the camp of those that set out going to law school knowing that that's all you'd ever wanted to do? Or perhaps in the group of people that somehow just fell into it? Um, uh, a bit of both. Um, I was always interested in litigation. <coughs> um, and back in the 90s, when I qualified sort of mid-90s, um, the, the legal world was a bit different. So you had your general bag um, of litigation. So I'd be sent to court to do criminal work, family, licensing, um, even though no one told me anything about licensing, I was completely out of my depth. <laughs> Story for another day uh, in acting for universities. Um, but um, contract disputes, debt recovery, you name it. Um, and I joined a firm where they actually had quite a sizable family law department. And I was spending my time 50-50 doing basically crime and, and family work. And it just was a natural um, transition, I suppose, um, once you do, for me at least, criminal work for a while, it's, it, it sounds interesting. You learn a lot and it's good court experience, which I think sadly lacking nowadays where there's probably less of. You know, certainly I see with the juniors, they, they rarely go to court nowadays. Um, but it just kind of evolved and you'd be in the same courts and I found more of more an interest. And I suppose at the time family law was developing and it's a, a lot more sophisticated nowadays than it was back then. Did the people that you worked um, under influence that at all? Or was it more just your enjoyment of the work? Um, I, was, I was kind of left to my own devices a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I certainly didn't like doing licensing law because that was just oh, um, something else. But um, although that was quite interesting... Um, there was a natural progression because the, the firm I was working for, I mean, family law, um, you, you generally find, certainly in my experience back then, um, that it's uh, more women um, will do that type of work for some reason. Um, I don't know why necessarily, um, but the team I was working uh, with or for, uh, one by one, they were going on maternity leave. So I would kind of acquire as well those caseloads by the, the end of it, I think I had everyone's cases. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that, to answer your question, Dwayne, there is an element that I fell into it. Um, and I think in, in that, the, the legal world was changing in the 90s. And I think things would be more specialised. So it seemed to be quite a good marketing thing or to promote yourself that you were a specialist. Just following on from that, um, the family law world has changed, obviously, since you've set up Maguire Family Law, and it will continue to do so. So what would you say the biggest change has been for the last 10 years or so? And what do you reckon will be the biggest change that's upcoming for family law? Um, the, the biggest change in the last 10 years... I mean, to a certain extent, there haven't been any changes in law. I mean, I would certainly say in the locality, um, I'm talking, you know, Manchester, Greater Manchester, the Northwest, you know, mm -hmm. wherever, you know Liverpool and Lancashire and beyond, um, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of cities, is that um, it, it has become more and more specialised uh, and 
by that I mean that the the traditional firms in Manchester, that the family teams were always in big corporate firms. You know, the likes of Pannoni's back in the day, DWF, um, and you can see that that's no longer apparent and I always I mean I sort of did my training and qualified in Nottingham and Nottingham to a certain extent always had its niche practices and as do other cities and I always find it quite surprising as Manchester the the third or second biggest city in the country didn't have any really Um, and but certainly 10 years on you know you will know there are quite a few uh, firms and that seems to be gathering pace and I go back to my sort of California thing, where certainly in the States, it's quite common for there to be sort of very, very niche, small firms. So that's certainly one thing that I, I have seen. And moving that to the next 10 years, um, if I cast my eye to London a little bit, you certainly find firms where they will be what I call money firms. They will deal with divorce and finances. Um and or teams that will separately deal with children work. I just wonder in the next 10 years whether we'll see that branch off that you might be a a finance specialist or you might be a child law specialist. I don't think that's necessarily good. Um, And I always encourage my people that we're all dealing with people and sometimes the issues are mixed, that they have a good grounding on both. Okay, fine, five, ten years later if you want to specialise in something, um, but don't specialise too early. You mentioned London. Um, London, or rather, um, yeah, London is often a backdrop in sort of TV dramas about family law. You know, the split is one that springs to mind as being quite prominent recently. Mm-hmm. What do you think are the sort of big misconceptions about family law that are born out of these London-centric dramas? Um, first of all, I put my hands up that I don't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a busman's holiday. Um, and I always, you know, it's the age-old thing that that would never happen in real, real life. Um, so it does become a bit sensationalist. Um, from, from what I'm aware of them, and of course I have seen other dramas in the past, um, I don't know whether, I mean, the, it's very easy because, of course, you know, in the sort of soap opera world, there's a lot of emotion uh, and negativity um, and hostility and, and all those things just to make it interesting viewing, I suppose, for the viewer, him or herself, that thank God my life's not as bad as their lives. Um, whereas in actual fact, in the real world, you know, what you're trying to do is bring people together. Uh, and compromise and not actually promote conflict. Now, there are some firms um, who, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good way to generate money, um, but to actually raise your own profile and raise the firm's profile is to actually be seen as a problem solver um, rather than one who's just going to inflame matters even more. So that may be another reason why I don't particularly watch them. So that kind of adversarial nature then, um, or overly adversarial nature that's that's a misconception born out of these dramas. Is that common, commonly held amongst clients when they first come to you, that that's how it's going to pan out? Um, I suppose to a certain extent that's what they expect. Um, and I remember an example of where uh, a client came to me and he was very, very upset and distressed due to news that he'd, he'd found out. 
um, and when he came into the office, he wanted to see me urgently, and he was expecting all guns blazing. <coughs> I kind of stepped back from it, and I said, when I looked at him, um, have you slept? Because he looked awful. And he went, no. And I said, have you eaten anything? And he said, no. <laughs> and I said, the best bit of advice I can give you is that you don't need to do anything. What you need to do is go home, have something to eat, and look after yourself and rest. But he and he he said, really? That's all he wanted here? He said, you don't need to do anything. And he literally got up off, of the, off the chair and he went, didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> um, because he thought he had to be doing something. Um, and I did my own little video things separately. I do the little Instagram ones from time to time. Uh, and it was just a subject that sometimes an option is you don't need to do anything. You just need to sit and wait. Uh, and certainly what I recommend to people entering into the process is that, you know, self-care um, because it's, it's not easy. And, you know, the, the, the body only knows so much stress and can cope with it. Absolutely. And speaking of things that, you know, help you to relax and things you do in your spare time, uh, one of the um, biggest hobbies of yours, I'm presuming, is photography. Um, and we have seen many of your photographs, the brilliance. So my question is, how, how did you get into it? Um, thank you, Paula. I, I suppose I've always taken photos um, and I suppose with technology and then you've got iPhones and, and the like. And it was just really a photographer that we use for work. And he just mentioned in passing to me, um, you, you need a proper camera, which and so about three years ago, I got a proper camera and I must have got about four or five proper cameras now That's <laughs> becoming a bit of a problem um but i suppose it's it's probably my equivalent of golf um as in it just takes you away um and i do street photography and i, I sometimes draw an analogy between that and the type of work because when you're doing legal work whatever type it is you just got to have attention to detail and again, probably what I like about the photography is just the little things in life that perhaps go unnoticed, the candid um, aspects of it, light, shadows, things like that. Um, and, and it's quite important in the legal world that you don't miss things, that you know you are correct on the basics, whether that's grammar, punctuation, spelling, etc. I bought a proper camera, I think, many years before you bought one, James, and I just... I've really struggled with it. I think, I think I'm not very good. Um, despite having somehow got through a law degree at sort of reading, you know, detailed text and instructions. And I just, I just get a little bit bored. So I think I might have to hit you up for a kind of a snapshot 20 minute, how to use an SLR at some point. <laughs> so that I actually get some decent usage from it. <laughs> Absolutely. I got, um, actually I'm not sort of, but my, I've got this little camera. This is, got this from ebay for like 100 pounds including the lens and it works perfectly it's um an analog film camera but it's sort of 100 pounds and um it's like almost in mint condition it's a bit heavy but uh, that's my new thing that i'm trying to get into is going back a bit retro is going into film photography very nice do you develop the the, the film yourself or well, uh, well with the lockdown and everything else youtube and um amazon are now my best friends so <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been watching a lot uh, about it but i w- one of my shortcomings and you might ask me about my uh, 
negative quality. I'm not the most patient of people. So I, I think to do, you know, <laughs> develop your own, because I just know everything is going to go wrong. And of course, you can't expect first time around you do anything that it's going to be perfect. But then I don't think I'd have the patience to see it through. What's the favourite place that you have photographed? The favourite place? Um, again, I always go what pops into my head first of all, Manchester. Um, um, the But usually it, it kind of is the last place because normally when I visit somewhere, uh, I've gone there for a reason. And, and usually my favourite photograph is probably the last one that I've taken. I do, I do get bored. Again, maybe this is the impatience thing. I get bored or I, I get tired of something that I may have taken six months ago or a year ago. Um, just before all the lockdown, I went to London um, and I was probably fortunate enough to be there for a few days and take an enormous amount of photographs, which has kept me going. Um, so that was very, very good. Um, but now, I mean, Japan, when I went in October, that was amazing. Kyoto, Tokyo, and just kicked. I was there for other reasons. The rugby being one, but I didn't take enough photographs. Oh. Um, so I'd be itching. So I suppose it's the favourite place, but maybe it's the place I haven't been to to take photos. New York is okay. would have been happening, but that's going to be a way off for now. Twenty twenty one plans in that case. That's. I hope so. On the bucket list. I guess the next question I had is, is we've already discussed because if you weren't a family lawyer, who would you be right now? And I'm guessing a photographer? Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how um, things happen. And um, I'm not saying how we become conditioned, but, you know, being from school to university and looking at careers and expectations and inevitably for a lot of people that centres around an office type job. Um, and you do wonder at certain stages in life, is that is this what it's to be? And don't get me wrong, I've got no regrets, and um, you know, life life is good. But yeah, it would be nice. Um, I think if I was a full time photographer, um, I would starve pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a little bit modest there, maybe. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm guessing though, photography is something you've only really got into in recent years. So I'd like, to, I'd like to ask that same question that Paul has just asked, but to kind of put the photography to one side. And I suppose what I'm trying to get at is whether there was any kind of boyhood dreams you had growing up, like whether you wanted to be a footballer or an astronaut or anything like that. I think um, I had three things, two or three things. Uh, randomly, yeah, it was a football. I, I used to enjoy playing football um, at school, university, and then when I first qualified, I ended up um, damaging my knee, so that put pay to that. Oh. Um, but uh, would never have been good enough to make it uh, as a full-time professional or anywhere close. And I also wanted to be kind of a, a builder or an architect. Um and it sadly, my school, in the nicest possible way, probably wasn't the best in terms of what options were available. And I remember having to choose between French and technical drawing. And I chose French. And who knows, had I done technical drawing, it might have been different. But then that spins off to my photographs, because a lot of my photographs often involve lines um, straight edges and things like that, the little details. So, you know, th there is something there. There's always chance to have a second career. <laughs> uh, there is. My youngest daughter, she wants to be an architect. So, oh, really? 
um, and she's quite artistic with her, with her paintings. Um, so I do encourage her that way, just to do what makes you happy. Um, whereas my eldest daughter, um, Lucy, she wants to be a solicitor. Ah. So, uh, yeah, they're different conversations. <laughs> Does she want to be a family solicitor or just or any other area of law? Um, I think, again, the, the I suppose it's, it's what you're aware of. I mean, she's certainly aware of uh, the family law and, and what that involves. Um, I think there may be, she, she might uh, shout at me for getting this wrong, but I think there may be a sort of an angle in terms of criminal law because, of course, I think for a lot of people, they, they see that again on TV, etc. And uh, that all seems very interesting at first glance. So you've hinted that you've not watched any of these family uh, law-centred dramas. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that you generally do find time to watch TV, maybe particularly so at the moment. Um, are there any particular recommendations you've got of good things that we ought to be watching? I've been watching at the recently um, Last Dance on Netflix. I'm still not there yet, and it's driving me mad. It's all I'm seeing online is people say how good it is, and I've just yeah, not got uh, around to it. I think I've got the final episode to watch tonight, and I thoroughly, really, you know, it's it's been amazing. Um, it's got, kind of got everything, and and you know, I was always, always liked a bit of basketball and, and things like that. But it's not, and that may put people off. But obviously, I think it's about people, not just Michael Jordan, but just the whole team. So it's it's very well done. I did um, soldier through Ozarks. I'm not sure whether I liked it or whether I could see it half the time. I'm glad you say that because I know that Paula happens to be a particular fan, and I <laughs> I had to give up after about four episodes. I just couldn't. I just couldn't I get on with it. it. But yeah, it's um, what do you think, Paula? Well, I I think it's brilliant, and I think <laughs> season two and three were better than season one. So. Oh. I couldn't pass episode four, never mind getting to season two or three. <laughs> Just give the it other, some time. The other things I have been watching, which I'm, I'm a bit late to this, is uh, Ray Donovan. If you've uh, seen, I quite like that. So he's kind of a fixer, uh, not quite a gangster as such. So, but if you've got a problem in Hollywood, raise your man. So it's kind of got a bit of, you know, originally from Boston, sort of Irish Catholic boxing family type thing. So uh, that that's quite good. And Top Boy as well, um, which from the original Channel 4 uh, to the new one on, that's on Netflix as well. Um, again, I quite like the cinema photography in Top Boy, just the lighting and everything set in London, of course. Um, very, very good. One thing I couldn't watch again is Suits. I know other people love Suits, um, but it was just that sort of thing where they'd be at a cocktail party till 3 3 a.m., serve some papers on some other person who happened to be there at 3 a.m., and then they'd be all in the office at 7 a.m. Is that not what it's like, James? It's it's not in my world. (laughs) (laughs) Looking perfect. So, James, what is the one saying you dislike that you can't get on board with? Sane? Yes. Um, I think that's a pretty tricky question, that. It is. I can probably think of sayings that I do get on on board with. Um, a sane. I'm trying to, trying to think of some examples. Um, you might have to leave that one with me. 
and I'll, as we carry on, I might come come up with something in my brain. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. So what's the one you can get on board with in that case? I can. Um, I, I have certain sayings, sometimes fortune favours the brave. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the there are those sort of motivational statements or quotes sometimes. And, of course, um, I'm not saying that's one reason why I, I set up by myself 10 years ago. Um, but never be frightened of actually making a decision. Um, and I think sometimes there's probably more failures or things that don't happen because of inaction. Um, so, um, you know, have the strength of your convictions. And uh, I remember um, seeing a speaker when I worked at DWF and, um, you know, he, he was former captain of the All Blacks. And, uh, you know, he was basically saying that, you know, if you make decisions, other doors open. Um, it's exactly what happened to me. So yeah, you know, fortune favours the brave. I, I like that. that. Yeah, I think that's a really positive sentiment. Refreshing Chats with Family Lawyers is supported by Realm Recruit. Realm was founded in 2015 to offer something different in response to the scattergun approach of some recruiters. Realm believes in treating lawyers like people and not candidates, and law firms like valued partners, not just transactional customers. Each of Realm's recruitment consultants are ultra-specialists, focusing on one legal practice area. Their refreshingly niche approach gives them the perfect platform to help lawyers develop their careers and to assist law firms grow sustainably. Whether you're a hiring manager looking for a talented legal personnel or a lawyer looking for a new exciting challenge, Realm are ready to help you. Visit realmrecruit.com for more information. How are you filling your time? Don't know, good question. Um, I didn't even realise that Monday's a bank holiday. Every day doesn't really matter at the moment. Um, do some exercise in the morning. I've got a personal trainer, so I have him three times a week just for half an hour by WhatsApp. So that sort of breaks up sort of Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Kind of makes me feel a bit better for the day ahead. And then, I don't know, I've just been doing lots of internal stuff, you know, risk assessment for when we return to the office and all exciting things like that. Yeah, it sounds a lot of fun. Yeah. So how about you guys? Is it all quietened down? It's been week 10 or 11 for us of working from home because we started a little bit earlier. And we were just saying uh, this week with Dwayne that actually it would be so nice to be in the office a little bit and then work from home a little bit, just have a have a bit of balance really. Um, because working from home day in, day out can be a little bit daunting, to say the least. Yeah, you don't have any... Um, I was speaking to Ema before, but there's no sort of close, because even though I haven't got a massive commute, there's a different... You know, if you finish work at six, get in your car, um, come home, change your clothes, you've kind of ended the day, haven't you? Whereas when you're at home, I end up fiddling around, and like Monday, I did nothing in the afternoon, but then started work at seven. That's not always good. Need no, boundaries. it's hard, isn't it? I'm finding the same thing that I don't know where work and home start and finish. You know, mm. I'm, I'm finding myself some days at like half 11 in the morning, pottering around the garden, sort of <laughs> just doing nothing. And then similarly, I'll be sat here at eight, nine o'clock. I'll be thinking to myself, why, why didn't I just do this earlier? But I think it's easier said than done to create those boundaries when you're living and working in one space. Yeah. 
And the time seems to either go slowly or like today, I can't believe it's two o'clock. I don't honestly know what I've done, really. <laughs> that sounds positive, James. <laughs> I don't, don't know what I've done. And, and the work has quietened down for us, I think. You know, it's without a doubt. We've had some new inquiries, which is always encouraging, but a lot of people are going, not going to do anything yet. And the courts are adjourning a lot of stuff into the autumn. So the work that we could have been doing in sort of May and June has gone. So, but you know, everyone's in similar different boats, aren't they? To finish off then, I'd like to know what's your favourite refreshment? Refreshment as in drink? I mean, you can, you can probably interpret that however you like. Although what I would say is, Everybody we've asked it to thus far has shot straight in and told us basically what their favourite drink or drinks are. Drinks are, yeah. It's, um, I suppose, especially on a Friday afternoon um, and when the sun's out, which is kind of here, a bit windy, is a nice cool beer. Have you got uh, a particular brand that, or type that you like? I do like, yeah, Peroni is kind of my, my go-to. Um, so, um, but within reason, I'll almost drink anything. So, um, <laughs> white wine, Polish vodka. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very good. And you never get a hangover from the vodka, do you? You have to have it with pickles though. That, that's my recommendation. You have a shot it. of vodka and have a pickle. That sounds interesting. I might give that a go. Yeah. I don't drink a lot of spirits, but um, white wine, you know, uh, again, I'm a fan. Maybe it sound a bit boring, but um, the New Zealand Sauvignons, um, things like that. My mother's from the north of Spain, so um, a Rioja, you know, so. Nice. Do you, do you drink hot drinks? I do have probably up to two coffees in the morning. I can't really drink anything hot after lunchtime. It's a bit weird. Um, I think in my younger days, I'd always have a coffee in the evening. But yeah, two coffees in the morning, I'm done. <laughs> and on that note, uh, thank you ever so much for your time. It's been good yeah. chatting. Thank you. Nice to see both of you. Switch off.